Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. My name is Don Heizard, warrior of light from the source, hero, vanquisher of evil and creepy men. I've battled and slain my fair share of evil, more enemies than can count, and I may have a problem with triple triad, but all in all, I'm a gunbreaker by trade and protecting those that cannot protect themselves is my duty. And I will continue to do so until my time has passed. My name is Ultras Flowen. I am a Dark Knight by trade. I defend the weak and bring justice to those who forsake bad things and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Chie Satoneko. I lived in a small town in Japan and I jumped through a TV without my friends and I turned into a cat. I love steak. I love kicking people's asses. And that's what I do now in Eorzea because I have no choice. I can't return to the TV world because there are no TVs in all of Final Fantasy 14. But I'm here and I have new friends and I have these cute little pair of cat ears. And I love meat. And I am Kasai Leonhart, also from Eorzea. Um, I love spending my time being a summoner, sometimes astrologian. Um, most of my time, I'm hanging out with my mounts or my minions. My anima minions, my favorite. She's the best. Um, that that that's about it. That's all I do. <laughs> Class is in session, and today we are celebrating 100 episodes here at the RPG University with the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV, which has a free trial that includes the entirety of A Realm Reborn and the award-winning Heavensward expansion up to level 60 with no restrictions on playtime. But to do it justice, I have assembled a light party of fellow light warriors of previous guests, including Eric Sapp from IGN, Sam Elisar from Square Enix, and Michael Hyam from Fanbyte to reflect back on this historic comeback tale and masterful story. So welcome back, everybody. How's, how are y'all doing? Doing great. Thanks again for having us. And again, congratulations on 100 episodes. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, 100 episodes. Huge. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's great to have you all back. Mike, you were here for Cold Steel. Eric for Fantasy Star. Sam, you were here for Near, which has a collaboration and a special event in Final Fantasy XIV. So it just worked out. But yes, we are here to talk about the wonderful Final Fantasy XIV. Now, initially, this game released it's in its vanilla state back on September 30th of 2010. The Realm Reborn, which re 
born the world and that a lot of people hold in high regard nowadays was launched on the Windows and PlayStation 3 on August 27th, 2013. PS4 got its release on April 14th, 2014, with uh, OS X releasing on June 23rd, 2015, and the PlayStation 5 version releasing on May 25th, 2021. Other games that released the same year as the vanilla version released include Mario Galaxy 2, God of War 3, Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption, Fable 3, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Transformers War for Cybertron, Super Street Fighter 4, Metroid Other M, Civilization 5, and Fallout New Vegas. So it was it was quite the heavy hitter of a year. So I'm curious, did any of you jump into the initial release of final fantasy 14 or what other games this year in 2010 were you all playing um i did not jump into 1.0 um primarily because i was kind of afraid and it it was going to turn out a lot like final fantasy 11 which i played like a year and a half of back in like 2006 2007 or so and it was a very scary game at the time um i heard it's gotten better over the years but um yeah i was just afraid i was like i can't do this again to myself i can't i just can't do it but um yeah, and then, uh, yeah, that all happened with 1.0. Um, something that we just don't talk about these days. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, any other games I've played back then. Uh, definitely have played uh, Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. And I think I played uh, Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and Street Fighter 4. Those were definitely on my rotation back then. Oh, yeah. Super Street Fighter 4 was fantastic. I love that. Oh, yeah. Love that one. What about you, Mike? Uh, I was a uh, very different. I, my tastes were very different back then. Uh, I think, uh, well, from this list, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games. Uh, definitely in my top 20 of all time. And but also, uh, another game came out that year was Metro 2033. But for a while, I was uh, when I was I was playing on PC, I was playing a lot of more Western games and shooters. I was playing like Counter-Strike competitively and uh Things like that. Um, so I had grown up with JRPGs. And then when I got introduced to PC gaming, I kind of went more towards uh, shooters and uh, competitive uh, shooters at that. Uh, but yeah, I still had love for RPGs always. Mass Effect 2 was obviously huge. Got that day one. Um, but my MMO history was been a little like scattershot. I played uh, try getting up. Uh, I played a lot of Anarchy Online. I tried getting into WoW on multiple occasions. I pretty much hung it up after Burn- Burning Crusade. Um, then in 2011, uh, I tried um, Star Wars: The Old Republic and liked it quite a bit because it also had that Bioware charm. Uh, but the I don't know something Bioware about magic, MMOs. Man. Yeah, yeah. The but something about MMORPGs. I don't know. I guess ongoing games hadn't really like the idea of continually playing uh, the same game hadn't really didn't really click with me. I didn't really get it at the time. So uh, 14 kind of just like you know flew o- over my head. Uh, just because I wasn't paying attention to uh, like Japanese games that much at the time. But also, yeah, everyone knows like the original release of 14 just wasn't that shit went and not it. That wasn't it. So, yeah, it was. And then when, uh, yeah, further down the line, I kind of started to pay more and more attention to it. But again, I was like, yeah, I don't know if MMOs are for me. Well, hmm. turns out I just found the, my favorite game of all time. There you go. Just had to mm-hmm. wait for the right one to come along. Uh, and what about you, Sam? What were what else were you playing back in 2010, uh, 12 years ago? 
Oh my God, that's so long ago. I know, right? Um, yeah, and I also didn't play the original Vanilla Fall Fantasy 14. I kind of jumped in a little bit later, 2015. Um, I it's It was my very first MMO. I never played any because I didn't, didn't know much about them. I was like, this is really overwhelming. Um, other games from that year, I did play Red Dead. Um, I also never finished it, which is like a crime. I guess <laughs> I I got so distracted with just like riding around on my horse and just exploring places. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, I just, I never finished the story. I think I got about halfway. Um, another game that released that year that's not on the list um, near Gestalt, of course. Oh, I was yeah. playing mm-hmm. that. I blame that on Google because just typing <laughs> games released in 2010 did not bring oh, up, not Go- uh, did up. not bring up near. <laughs> so I apologize. No, uh, it's okay. That's that's what I'm here for. To just insert <laughs> spread near the word, spread the good word. It, it can be inserted, and so yeah, obviously near. You know, sobbing my way through that. Um, trying to look at other games. I've also. I've never played the original God of War games. Mm-hmm. I was a little, a little more sheltered as a kid. And so there's a lot of games I wasn't allowed to play. And of course, my parents were like, that's so violent. You can't play that. <laughs> um, it's so it was, just, you know, like Red Dead. Um, yeah. And near, I'm sure there's other games I'm forgetting about that came out that year. But my brain remembers like barely what i did last week so. yeah i mean there were some other bangers like ben 10 ultimate alien cosmic destiny and prison Whoa. break the conspiracy my jam obviously kane and lynch <laughs> 2 dog days remember that franchise hey shout wow. out to kane and lynch yeah, yeah. <laughs> that back-to-back feature oh and toy story 3 and Ooh. prince of persia forgotten sands oh, yeah. lots of lots of bangers and not bangers um <laughs> but yeah, for me, Mass Effect 2, I remember being a huge thing that year. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is probably still my favorite. One of my favorite Assassin's Creed games. Love Super Street Fighter 4. And I guess I'm the only one that's actually played vanilla Final Fantasy 14 here. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I still have my DVD, like physical copy of Final Fantasy 14 vanilla. Uh, um, back with the physical media. Yeah, I wonder what can be pulled from that but um no definitely some strong heavy hitters this year but we're we're not here to talk about any of those a number of those are getting their own episode but we are here (laughs) to talk about 14 so i want to hear about all of your introductions like what pulled you into final fantasy 14 so we're going to go reverse order this time so sam what got you into final fantasy 14 all right, let me see if I can even remember because I got into 14 in 2015. And I think I made it mostly through a realm of born. Um, I don't think I ever finished it. I still have my old character from then. And I kind of just, when I came back to it um, a few years later, I kind of abandoned her and started a new character. So mm-hmm. apologies to my previous <laughs> character. I'm sorry. I'm assuming like, I probably saw a commercial for it or I saw my friends playing it and they're like, Hey, you should try this out. And I was like, I've never played an MMO before. Let's mm-hmm. give it a go. And I was like, this is kind of overwhelming, but it's a lot of fun. And there was so much you can do. And like all the classes were really cool. And of course it's final fantasy and I love final fantasy. So I'm like, okay, this is 
you know, the like best case scenario for me actually getting into an MMO is it's yeah. a world I like existing in. And so it was kind of perfect. Um, and I had dropped off for like a year or so and then got back into it. And I, I am stuck here now. <laughs> forever. <laughs> It'll never let you go. Uh, Mike, what about you? Thank what you. was it that dragged you into Final Fantasy 14 back when you first got started? Oh boy, I got a story. Uh, so uh, I was I was working at GameSpot at the time, and uh, you know Eric Sapp, you know you know the boy Ben Jenka. Oh yes, uh, yeah, that's that's my guy. He uh, he's been a longtime player, and I would always pop over to his desk and be like, "Yo, what this? What is this?" He's like, "Yo, it's Final Fantasy 14. It's an MMORPG," and I was interested in it, but. Again, I like I said, I hadn't been in the MMO grind for a very long time. Uh, so I was thinking about getting into it. And uh, I was at the time I was looking for because this is when live service games kind of started popping off. This is about 2019, uh, 2018, 2019. And I was just looking for something to latch on to. Like, what's what's a good ongoing game that I can always pop, like just rely on uh, when I don't know anything else to play? So, you know, I've been through the whole Destiny grind. Um uh what else uh, apex legends had come out uh shortly uh shortly after or around that time i was like oh wow i get, I get it and um lots of ongoing rpg like M- other mmos mm-hmm. i tried out and i was looking for something anime inspired so i don't know i was i tried i don't know if you all know what soul worker is but i tried that and I, was like, <laughs> I don't know i don't know if this is <laughs> um but yeah i was looking for something anime inspired like oh what if persona had an rp uh had an mmo that would be sick um so i was looking for something like that but i, I always had like a history with final fantasy so uh it wasn't like foreign to me uh i i played the, uh, all the, all of the franchise leading up to the, leading up to uh, and through 15 except for 14 and uh, a little bit of 11 so I gave it a try in about February. I think it was yeah, February 2019. I tried the the free trial at the of time. The critically back, acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy yeah. 14. But back then it only went up to level 35 and you could only play through the level 35 quests in a realm reborn. So things have changed. Listen, back in my day, we didn't get 60 levels <laughs> yeah, for free. We didn't get to ex- a full game and expansion. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the I think what I realized is that I wanted a game where uh, something that I can care about, uh, where I can always go back to and have some sort of attachment to like with WoW. um, And, you know, a lot of players care about WoW lore and the WoW world, which is cool, but something about it just didn't click with me. Um, But the tone of a Japanese, you know, Japanese style storytelling, which I I talk about very frequently in my Mm -hmm. work is there there's something about japanese style storytelling especially in video games and rpgs that really click with me uh kind of the the melodrama the the goofy aspects and the ways in which they they have like build very whimsical worlds with really cool characters um and i just didn't realize that mmos could do that and i don't think like to this day i'll say that like uh, in terms of storytelling and mmo and mmorpgs Final Fantasy 14 is unparalleled, um, but I didn't get the, of course, I didn't. That wasn't hitting at the time because I was like trying to realm reborn. Yeah. But 
when I tried the free trial, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is cool. This is fun. I get it. It's, it wasn't, it was overwhelming, but I think what Ben had told me was that just follow the main quest. That's all you need to worry about all the other stuff. You'll figure it out eventually just do the main quests and uh, you'll learn about the world that way. And I, so my original character was named uh, cardigan Backyardigan, So RIP to her. <laughs> Um, and I started playing around with the character creator more. And this is when I got into cat girls. Uh, so I made my cat girl. I'm, <laughs> I did this thing in, in uh, character creators where I tried to make every character like Chie from Persona 4. A good like, goal. How a good can goal. I make, I'm going to give my character uh, a short, uh, short haircut, brown hair, brown eyes, uh, anime looking girl. And then I was like, yo, this is perfect. I made the perfect character and uh, and I can and I did the the little pun instead of uh, Chie Sato Naka, Chie Sato Neko, which means cat in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's a cat You're girl. You're so cultured, and, uh, Mike. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and then the first time I logged in as her with her, you know, using the Fantasia and the name change, somebody passed by and said, oh, cool character. Best girl. Peace. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> this is a world for me. Um, but through that, I think like through that silly, you know, the silly character creation, uh, I got attached to my character and I got attached to the game as a result. Like I wanted to keep going back and, you know, where is where's this going to go? Where is this going to go? And um, yeah, and I very quickly got into it. Like I started to care about it very deeply. I think by the time I finished once I started, uh, you know, you just in a realm reborn. Once you start, you know, making moves against the Garlean Empire, I was like, oh, this is building up to something that is like pretty wild and genuinely interesting. And it wasn't until the the end of the realm reborn quests, the post patch quest, the two point five five quests, and folks know what I'm talking about when when things change and you go right into Heaven's Word. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I'm in this for the long haul. so yeah it wasn't too long ago it was about a little over three years ago when i got into the game and since then it was it's been like the number one thing that i've you know i've I've made a career out of covering this game (laughs) absolutely a damn good one your guides are (laughs) god tier i have to say oh thank you so that's my origin story very cool for me it was up until final fantasy 14 i was always looking I loved the idea, the concept of MMOs, being able to party with friends, level up, do all these cool quests. And it just, I tried WoW. I tried EverQuest. I did Guild Wars for a while. I did uh, SWOTOR. And it just like, I always around the, the mid-20s, low-30s, I just kind of bounced off of it. And with Final Fantasy fourteen, like I tried Vanilla and it it was an experience. And then I tried to play it when I went free to play those couple years. And with... When it went to Realm Reborn, honestly, what sold me and got me into Realm Reborn was that initial Realm Reborn cinematic when everything oh, yeah. goes to shit, like Bahamut breaks mm-hmm. out and everything goes crazy. Like that sold me. I was like, I am easily influenced by cool cinematics, especially in games like this. <laughs> so seeing all that happen, it was like, oh, my God, I, I, I had to play this. I had to try this. And even still with Final Fantasy 14 once I got to around the mid twenties and it's like, I, I ducked off and I would always come back when a new expansion came. I would always get the new expansion, even if I wasn't ready, but just slowly and surely I started playing and 
for a 24 hour live stream a number of years ago, I was like, okay, I don't remember anything about the beginning. I'm just going to start a new character. So I just started a brand new character, solid snake. And then last name one twenty spelled out. And I was like, we're just going to play this. And that's the character I am still playing today. I just changed the name and it's, this is the first MMO. And really right now after uh, 6.2, it's the first time I've been current with content. Like, Oh wow. I, I've, this is the first time I'm having to worry about doing dailies and gear (laughs) levels and, Oh gosh, I have to do these so I can get the really sweet gear. It's the first time I'm doing all of this. And it's such a fun experience that is like, okay, the the very few times that I've been able to like do dungeons with people I know, it's like, I get it. I get why this is such an amazing experience because pretty much I only I soloed and did randos for my whole experience. And now that I can do, I'm starting to look at, okay, how do I do savage? I, I know nothing about materia. I've never done anything with materia (laughs) or beast quests (laughs) or, or tribal quests or any of that. I have no idea what any of those are except for their things I need to do. But it's like, I'm, I'm so ready to finally like get to the point where I can like dive into these and I love it. And it's it says something about 14 and the story that it's finally the MMO that has seen me through like the early 20s mid or early 30s to make me to stick with it. And it's fantastic. Awesome. But the- yeah, and it's such like a cool experience. Like once you do get caught up with everything and like experiencing everything with the entire community right? and like yeah. working through like all the, the different duties and stuff and like figuring stuff out. And it's just, it's just really cool. And I think what, it, what has kept me connected with final fantasy 14 where the others didn't, I love that. I don't need to start a new character to change classes. Yes. Oh, it's so nice. You just, you know, run out of inventory. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Never enough inventory space. But to just be able to, like, save different gear sets and quickly swap to a different class as I'm feeling uh, DPS, like my Red Mage, I'm kind of dabbling in and leveling up right now instead of my tank Gunbreaker. It's just a click of a button. And it's it's so nice that I don't have to worry about re-leveling everything to 90 or starting a new character and going from 1 to 90 again. It's it's a really good feeling. And I think that's one of the big things that's held me to this but from a visual standpoint, I have to say, Eric, you are a master of screenshots in this game. Holy crap, yep. dude. Oh, thank you. So I always love seeing all the Twitter pictures of your characters, whether it's Fantasy Star or this. Just how do you get yourself looking so damn good and dramatic <laughs> in all the pictures you take? Uh, I think... Uh it's just, it's, I guess it's just my superpower is one of the reasons. I guess it's because oh. it's, it's just a, you know, my day job is a graphic designer. So I kind of just have a little artsy part of me that I think uh, it's, it's like a, almost like a side hobby for me in playing MMOs. Like I love taking photography in these kind of mm-hmm. games. It's the artist touch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate photo mode. Yeah. Um, I w- uh, Eric, I'm, I was uh, curious about when and how you got into it, because uh, yeah, because I was 
uh, thought that like because you you're a big WoW player, and I always uh, I see you mm-hmm. post about WoW on Twitter and um, PSO as well. And then I didn't you you started recently, or did you like just dive deep into fourteen recently? Yeah, so going back, I would say I think it was like maybe around when Heaven's Word was maybe like maybe two or three months after release mm-hmm. um, was the first time I actually decided to try the game um, because where I was working at in the IGN office, um, I was kind of near the YouTube syndication team near like Ben Janka and Mike Mamone mm-hmm. and some other folks. They were hey. all into the game. Yeah, shared, <laughs> shared story. Oh. Uh, and they were like always talking about like, you know, Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 14. And I was just like, okay, so growing up, um, I like to play a lot of online games Usually MMOs, um, that kind of stuff, because, uh, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of friends in real life and whatnot. And so I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just go ahead and try these games and see if I can like meet people on these games to hang out with and stuff. And so I was playing a lot of, you know, PSO, Final Fantasy XI, WoW over the years. And it primarily boiled down to just playing WoW over the years. But even then, my entire like social circle in that game all quit. So I was pretty much soloing wow for a good eight years by myself. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. So I was kind of just, you know, collecting mounts, running old raids by myself, collecting, you know, what they called transmog in that game instead of glamour, uh, yeah. to collect like, fashion and that kind of stuff. And that was pretty much just like my whole experience playing wow. And then I started, you know, I was like, you know what, like maybe I'll try Final Fantasy 14 because I did, like, as I mentioned before near the intro of this episode, um, I played like a year and a half of Final Fantasy 11. Back then, it was absolute hell to play back then. It was so hard. <laughs> but I always loved the world, the art style, the music, everything about it. I was like, this is so comfy. I love this. So I was hoping, like, okay, maybe 14 can kind of capture those nostalgic feelings but also give me something new to play and possibly with friends this time that I know in person. So yeah, I hopped on the game and I ended up uh, playing through a realm reborn. And again, like kind of what you were saying earlier, Michael about um, storytelling and MMOs. um, I will say as a, you know, as a person who played wow on and off for about 15 years, that game story just wasn't it. Like there was some cool lore and stuff, but Mm -hmm. the way they do storytelling in that game, it was just, to be quite frank, abysmal at times. And so um, playing through a realm reborn, like, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, they just get past it. It was going to be so great afterwards. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I love this. Yeah, yeah. I love this. And I remember, <laughs> um, you know, getting through Praetorium back in the day before they had mandatory cutscenes, where I was like watching the cutscenes and like the message would pop on the screen, like this boss fight room will be closed in 15 seconds. I'm like, wait, I'm still watching cutscenes. <laughs> oh. So like, I didn't really get to experience the, the, the grand finale of a realm reborn as intended oh, back no. then, but it's, it's, uh, it was still great. Like I really loved it. And you know, such devastation and all that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> that was just so fun. And I was just like, wow, like I, I did this like my character uh-huh. at the time. I was a cowboy mm. at the time. And, oh, uh, yeah, I was a cowboy. Oh man, I'm a yeah. boring human now. Now I'm a cat dad, Prothgar. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> a fly-looking cat dad. I will. I'll, <laughs> I just have to say. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just cool. But like, wow, like my character did this in the story. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this is just so cool to see because, like, you know, playing through like WoW and other MMOs, you're kind of just like this, you know lowly mercenary 
doing jobs and stuff to like gain power. And for what, like, what are you getting the power like for, you know? Yeah. And so playing through realm reborn was like, wow, like, all right, this is, I, I know why I'm trying to get stronger and stuff. We had to take down the Garlean empire and all this stuff. And then, um, part of the reason why I actually really wanted to get into final fantasy 14, because I was eyeballing it for a few years and I was always like, oh, you know, like in MMOs, I tend to love to play classes that tend to use giant two-hander great swords and stuff. That's just like my whole thing. I love big swords. Oh. And um, Heaven's Sword came out and they introduced the Dark Knight. And I was like, that's it. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, I just want to be. This is for me. Yep, I just want to be like, Guts from Berserk is a big ass sword and just mowing yes. down enemies. But then I was like, oh, it's a tank. Oh, well, I guess I'll try it. Because I've always had like strong, like tank anxiety, as they call it, for a, yeah. for a tank. Completely. And back it. in the Realm Reborn, it was quite hard to tank since it didn't really have enmity generation uh-huh. with Paladin. I was sitting there spamming Flash a whole lot and like not even <laughs> DPSing stuff, just trying to get aggro. And so, um, yeah, like, and I, I got to Heaven's Word and uh, unlocked Dark Knight. And I got to like level 53 or so. I believe I got to the Javanian Highlands. And then I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just went back to WoW. Because I was like, I don't know. Just, I was just, WoW just had its clutch on me. I was like, I just got to go back. Like, I'm missing my mandatory dailies and my little wizard checklist I have to do every day. Like, all that kind of stuff. But then... Um, and I heard about Stormblood coming out. I was like, this sounds awesome. And then um, Shadowbringers came out. And I had, oh, some friends. Yeah. I had some friends who played through the MSQ. And they were hitting me up like, hey, we know you don't play the game right now. But like, oh my god, Eric, you have to experience this story. And I was like, oh, but wow, it's coming out the new expansion. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm here. And so uh, eventually, I was like, "All right, like, wow, it's getting kind of boring right now." So I'm gonna just hop back into the game. And this was like late 2019, and it was also because, um, again, like, I tend to gravitate towards more playing more fantastical characters in MMOs, like mm-hmm. beast races and stuff. And I saw the Hrothgar. I was like, "Oh shit, they're doing the Ronso from Final Fantasy X." Like, I would love to be this big, big ass cat. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I resubbed and. Race chain Fantasia, my character at the time, I think it was a Rogadin, went from Catboy to Row. And like, I popped all over the place back then because I was never happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh. and so I, I went to um, Hrothgar and I, you know, tried out Samurai because I really actually really liked playing Samurai in Final Fantasy XI. And I was like, cool, like, this is fun. And then I got through Heaven's Word, which I thought was just fantastic. And then, uh, unlike Stormblood. And then that's when, um, I tried out Gunbreaker. And, uh, I just love Gunblade, so that was like an instant, yeah, like, gun, I cannot be anything but Gunbreaker. Yeah, like, Gunbreaker <laughs> is what really taught me how to tank better yeah. and stuff. And then I eventually went back to playing Dark Knight, and I was just like, all right, like, I'm, I understand this more. I can pretty much be the character that I've always wanted to be now. So and then, um, I guess, I'll save, I'll save it for later and whatnot, but, like, Shadowbringers was just what did it for me. Yep. Yeah, like it got my, a lot. My, it got so many people either into my, the game or back into the game, and uh-huh. it, was, it was like really just, cool to see. <laughs> just my God, what a story! Just oh, yeah. and, and beautiful. That, oh, hundred percent. And it's it's amazing to me how community forward and positive Final Fantasy for how generous Square has been with yes. the amount of content 
they give mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy XIV, especially for free. Like you get you have the paid expansions, but it's like you have the base expansion and then you have easily an expansion, if not more worth of just free DLC added story quests and content before the next actual paid content comes out. And yep. it, it, it's not frivolous content either. And oh, no, it's like incredibly important and intrinsic and heavy hitting and huge story beats happen in these in-between segments, these added parts that, and it's free. Like that, that stuff's all free. And it's just so, okay, you have your, your paid monthly fee, but you get so much for it where in, and I heard a really good, uh, I watched a really good video recently kind of describing the kind of, growth and continued um expansion of the popular population growth in like final fantasy 14 compared to the dipping and dropping in other mmos and it's like so many other mmos are like well for example here are your tokens here buy this spend real money for this in xyz where final fantasy is like you you have pretty much your main monthly fee that gets you a lot of stuff like even your coolest like some of the coolest gear it's all stuff you earn via dungeons trials uh, like totems of allogenics or whatever the hell it's called these days (laughs) (laughs) but it's all stuff you earn and then you can get kind of fun like robot schoolgirl outfits from the store if you want or tuxedos and and things like that those are the more fun things you can buy with real money it's all like extremely optional content which is something that i actually really love to see them do especially on the launcher of the game when they announce new products on the online store to buy Mm -hmm. there's not even like a buy now button it's just hey here's some new optional items and it's just like cool like i can consider these later i don't need these which is fantastic Yeah. They always get me with the mounts. Oh yeah, yes. I, 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 I need I every mount. The paisa? Are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm oh sold. yeah, take my money now. Just like, take it straight from my account. At the same yeah. time, though, thirty bucks for the lunar whale. As much as I loved it, I could not justify spending thirty dollars on the lunar whale mount. I oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah, I, I wanted it. it. I, was so like, oh, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you I, can I, share I, with the rest of us because it's money people. Oh, there we go. <laughs> For me, I was like, I was like, hey, okay, like, do I want this? Yes. Do I need this? No. However, this is technically like two, like DoorDash deliveries for like two nights. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. I'll have it forever. <laughs> and boom, uh, it's justified, and you're good. There you go. <laughs> you have it a lot longer than those quarter actually, pounder, which is your DoorDash, so it works. I out. know, right? It's true, and also just it out there speaking of the uh, free events uh, we have all saints week starting yes. after the 19th for anyone mm-hmm. interested yeah let's throw that in there Just fun stuff some spooky halloween stuff for anyone interested i want the pumpkin cookie emote oh yes. so cute oh and that's, that's what I love. Like you can have such serious and like very somber and melancholy events happen and then you can have like spooky hilarious like easter egg hunts with moogle crowns and all sorts of fun side events you can do at the same time i think it really balances a dichotomy of emotional highs and like very dark lows Mm -hmm. to a perfect medium depending on like how you're feeling at any given time there's something you can do 
to if you want to look, yeah. ex- if you want to look extremely powerful in this game, be like a Dark Knight wearing like the level ninety artifact gear that you get. Like the I think it's called the Injamini set. And then, like, ride like the fat cat mount or like the pig mount from the uh, pixie, <laughs> yeah. pixie dailies. This is like, you could just do that. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, you can do a quest and your heart can get ripped out and stomped into the ground. And then you go oh, do another quest and it's Hildebrand. Yeah, oh, there you go. He's back. Yeah. He's back this week. And yeah. admittedly, oh God, I, have, yep. I have not started Hildebrand quests. Oh, you're I, sure. I, like, I, I, think I, time. I think I. Recently accepted the first Hildebrand quest, and it's like oh, I keep hearing, I keep hearing about these Hildebrand quests. Like, what are they? And it's like a detective quest line or something. Like, it's he's like a, a detective. Yeah. Yes, but we're not going to say anything more other than it is probably the most like it's just it's off the walls bonkers. Like on it's purpose. It's so fun. Yeah. Like, if you, you love like to... anime sound effects and like Hanna Barbera yes. cartoon sounds, mm-hmm. it got them all. Oh, You'll yeah. have to this let is... us know when you get through it because I'm. Um, very interested to see what you think. Oh, it's like, uh, they're like, uh, think of them as like extended Yakuza sub sub stories. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Cause, and I, I also think like for Hildeman specifically, that's like where the Square Enix or like the Final Fantasy 14 team, like kind of, it lets them get goofy and experiment with different things. So they'll have like title cards for different uh, chunks of the quest. Mm-hmm. They'll do like, uh, like wild animations, uh, and like super, like wild facial expressions for some of their cutscenes, um, so it almost feels like they're experimenting with, like they're giving themselves room to do uh, goofy shit, and, uh, and you get that, you get a lot, oh yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of Hildebrand quests. It's a, uh, yeah, it's uh, like 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 Yakuza. It has that main story that's very serious, um, and really like rips your heart out and like makes you fall in love with the world and then they'll have yeah like you like said they have like goofy stuff on the side that still that still feels consistent with the rest of the world and like you can't i don't know if any other game has built a world in which you can pull that kind of thing off mm-hmm. uh, so I, that's part of what like during the downtime that's what makes 14 uh even like I, I can play through the main story and then put it down for a while, but I want to come back because I want to do the Hildebrand quest because I want to do Savage Raids um, and I want to see the other side stories that I've missed. There's still content that I haven't done um, and some really, really neat side stories like the role quests that you can you can do. Those are like almost as good as the same quality as like the main story. Um, so they come at you with uh, from all different angles. Uh, but going back to a little bit to the like the the amount of stuff that you get mm-hmm. for quote free, even though you you know you pay your subscription, um, the subscription model for games and MMOs are very much a thing of the past. And I've thought a lot about like like I let my I, even though I maybe I only play a little bit for the month. I see like oh, Square Enix has charged your account. I'm like, yep take my money uh, <laughs> consider it a tip uh yes. for how much i've enjoyed the game but that that yeah that model is a thing of the past and wow has legacy obviously but 14 pulled it off because they've got such goodwill with the people who play it and yes. i know that people who pay attention to the game you know uh, or to the development cycle of it yoshi p's out there like hey man like y'all don't need to sub the whole time we're not going to like build a game in which we're going to uh, like actively encourage you to uh have to sub like you can grind this stuff if you want but you're not going to be gated out of any out of any future content and you know we'll make that process easier if you're going to get back into it and 
there's yeah other games just uh, aren't going to be able to pull off you know like 12 or 15 dollars a month uh but 14 is the quality of 14 is there in which you know they can justify charging a monthly subscription fee and people like like myself are ha- more than happy to pay for it and like you know some people who come back for the patches or want to wait around for when they have time or when the next expansion comes out you know resub again you don't really mm-hmm. lose out on anything um so i think there's a like you have to earn that right uh you have to earn the ability to ask your player base to pay a subscription fee and 14 has definitely earned that right and yeah i I don't think uh, other than wow i don't think any other uh game today can come out and do that same thing like if you're going to be asking people to pay for 12 15 dollars a month it's going to be like something like game pass or uh like the uh, ps plus subscribers um Mm -hmm. things like that are kind of the expectation nowadays so the fact that 14 has like they announced 27 million uh players and i'm sure like you know not all of them are going to be active subs right but out of that pool you know they're making their money and they're able to justify that price it's uh it's pretty wild. Yeah. And something else too is like, um, what was it last year? Uh, I actually started the game back up after taking like a year off, uh, back in 2020, I started back up in 2021 after the last, um, wow expansion shadowlands just was not doing it for me after like playing for four months. I was just like, I am not getting my money's worth. This is just mm-hmm. a poor experience for me as a player of the game for on and off for like 15 years. I am not having a good time with this game. And so I hopped back into 14 and eventually, like my older brother Ian and his girlfriend Monica started playing too, and their other friend, uh, where they live at their apartment complex, started playing with us and everything. We started our own FC and everything like that. And like they're they're all coming from WoW, and they're just like, wow, like there's so much to this game. And then when a new content patch comes out, like let's say like, I think five point three or actually it was five point four came out like shortly after they are playing, and they're like looking at the patch notes and stuff. They're just like. This is like more than like what an MMO expansion gives you for a patch. I'm like, yeah, like this game mm-hmm. treats its people right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. You mentioned Yoshi P uh, briefly, Mike, but just the development staff behind mm-hmm. this game, like the seeing Yoshi P come out dressed as like Gunbreaker, like in the outfits and the letters <laughs> from the producer and the 14 hour broadcast and all these things that they do to outreach to the communities that they know are passionate, like final fantasy 14 fan fest. It's you don't see that anywhere else, especially from any other MMOs. And I'm curious, Sam with working at square, I don't know specifically what division or what projects you work on, but like Mm -hmm. what is the atmosphere at work when some, like, is there a hype that's generated at at your work when these events are announced or when they're coming up, like what's that like? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm on the Final Fantasy 14 team. And so oh, like, shit. we all, yeah, we love Yoshi P of course. Cause he's, you know, just a fantastic human being. Um, and just how like, you know, transparent he is like with the community and like how well he treats the community. And obviously everyone that works on the game, like we love the community. We love everyone that plays it. Um, and we're, always equally as excited for like the fan announcement recently we were all like heck yeah like can't wait want to go like whether we have to work it or not like Mm -hmm. we're just excited to go and hang out with the community like meet people um from what i've heard like in the past fan fest like they're really fun um and 
we also, anytime there's like a letter to the producer, we're all, even while we're working, we're still watching it. And so we all try and be like just as involved with the community because we all, you know, we also play the game and we love it a ton. And so, yeah, when people are excited, we're all equally as excited. And even more so like seeing how hyped people get, it, it makes us really happy. I, yeah, I especially being on the 14 team, like seeing all the hype behind events coming out. It, I can't I can't even imagine what it's like being on the other side, just seeing it all happen while also <laughs> yeah, being fans sure. of the games. It, it must be such a rush for all of you as well, both as fans and workers um, 100%. to see such support. Now, Mike, I'm curious, like I, I mentioned at the outset, like you have made fantastic guides for this monumental game. Like there's so much to this game. How as someone who has written guides and stuff, I can't even process how I would approach something like this. So like, how do you approach writing a guide for a game as massive as final fantasy 14? Like what's your approach in doing that? It's I can't even imagine. uh Classes in session. Let's learn about SEO and Google search results. <laughs> let's right. look at analytics and let's uh, everyone pull up. Uh, pull well, up that's going to be it for episode 100, everybody. <laughs> hey, this shit's called RPG that University. Wow. That is true. It's not SEO University, though. But uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I think more broadly covering the game. And so uh, and I covered the game when I was at GameSpot as well. So the entire time I had been playing, or at least once I caught up, I started uh, to, you know, now I'm a part of the the media side of things. And or like, I'm not just playing this game anymore. Now I can find a way to, you know, it's, a, it's another uh, trick up my sleeve that I have. Another thing that I can do for, you know, GameSpot or Fanbyte when uh, now that I'm uh, now or then now that I've been with Fanbyte and that I, I was brought on to cover 14. Um, but I think, uh, there's, it's like, yeah, like you said, it, it's one of those things where like, where do we even start with that kind of thing? Um, but it's, uh, there's no shortage, like the same, in the same way that there's no shortage of content to play through, there's no shortage of content to cover, uh, of course. So, but you can't the, like, like, like the game isn't built for you to know about everything. Rather, it's built so you can find what it is that you like and not have to worry about everything else. Like mm-hmm. I play Ninja, Monk and most DPS, but, you know, I'm still leveling some of my tanks and I'm still learning how to play, uh, how to be a good healer at level 90. Um so it's a, it's a little overwhelming. Cry a lot. That's how you meet a good healer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From experience, you just cry a lot. <laughs> I will. I will never run a savage as a healer. I'll tell you oh, that no. much. <laughs> but I think uh, I don't know. I just I have a lot of experience covering games throughout uh, my time in media. So uh, being able to apply that and seeing the results come back too, because I think it was uh, pre-launch for Shadowbringers. I did like I went to the preview event. I did an interview with Yoshi P. I was like, oh, here's how the new the new jobs play and kind of seeing the the traffic numbers that we got from that coverage. And I like I was still learning the game at the time. So I wasn't like a super expert, but I was like, oh, people. There are a lot of people who are into this game. Cool. I guess I'm going to be into it as well, because if I cover this, then we can like generate a lot of traffic. And for me, like starting to fall in love with the game, I start to care about you know, being one of the people who can cover the game in depth. And so 
my expertise came from writing features and, you know, covering the game in a way that I don't think uh, most other sites, because you'll, you'll go to sites like Icy Veins or the like the Balance Discord and find how to really play this game like a hardcore MMORPG. And you can do that. And that's mm-hmm. cool. But for me, I was like, this is a one in a million like this game, just like nothing exists like it. Like people have no idea what 14 is. I can tell them about how the story has affected me. And people will be like, well, I thought it was an MMORPG. I'm like, yes, me too. And let me tell you about this cat boy that I've cared very <laughs> deeply about and how I cried like 10 times during this one piece of patch content. Um, and I, that's kind of how I've covered the game when I was with GameSpot, and that's kind of what put me on Fanbyte's radar when it came time to cover the game in a lot mm-hmm. more depth. Um, but when it comes to like guides specifically, I think you know you just want to like look at what 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 are what are people looking for? Do they want a ninja guide? Do they want a, a guide for how we define Hildebrand quest? Do they want um, do they want to look at side content? Which side content pieces pieces of side content are they looking at? Um, and then so you just like kind of get yourself immersed in that. And for me, I grew up growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. So I really liked explaining things to people because I feel like, you know, oh, I have a grasp of this concept and I feel like I can break it down for other people and walk them through the steps of how I did it. Um, and then so you you like you're never going to cover everything. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do 19 job guides. Right. Um, so part of that is also relying on other people and being able to scope out and understand how other people can cover the game as well and uh, helping them kind of be put out the best guy that they can as well. Uh, so being an editor and mentor has definitely helped helped me in that regard. And I've also learned a lot about the game in turn from doing this job. Um, but I think it, it just, you know, because you know, you'll you'll do something like a quest guy and be like, okay, these are the locations and these are kind of the choke points and this is what you need to do. Or you do a job guide. It was like, here's 5,000 words about how to very intricately weave and double weave and here's your rotation. Uh-huh. Here's what you do if this happens during your rotation. Um, it's it's kind of all over the place in terms of like, you know, how to do that stuff. And like when Island Sanctuary came out, I'm like, this is a brand new piece of content that doesn't have, that has systems and mechanics that we haven't seen before in the game. Uh, so like... It's different from writing a raid guide, which now I need to explain mechanics and uh, have charts and graphs and things like that. So, you know, doing 14 guides is just like, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, write a walkthrough or I'm going to like do this quest guide. It's like, you need to be able to do all, you need to have a wide skill set. You know, job guides are very different from savage raid guides. Savage raid guides are very different from island sanctuary guides and which are going to be completely different from, you know, what might be trending and uh, being able to adapt to what players are looking for um, is uh, it's been a wild experience. But I think the main takeaway from this, I think, is that when I came to Fanbyte to uh, cover 14 specifically, I started to see the game in a very different light because now I'm engaging with things I hadn't seen before. And, you know, I hadn't done savage raids before. Uh, and so now I'm playing jobs that I thought I knew a lot differently. Like I'm, I'm perfecting my openers and my rotation. And, uh, it started to, the game started to look very different to me and for better and worse, uh, honestly, uh, because now when I log in, it's like, Oh, this is part of my job. So it's a bit, it's a little weird um, that. Now that I'm I'm looking at the game and thinking about how I could turn flip this into work, but at the same time, 
I have a much more deeper understanding of it uh, through doing guides and paying attention to how things trend within the community. Uh, I have a very, very deep understanding. Uh, like I know this game better than any other game that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a constant learning, like every patch I'm learning something new about the game. And that's just, it's just really cool. I just love how, how the work has fed into me understanding this thing that I very uh, care very deeply about. Yeah, I was going to ask, have have you noticed or found that with the shift in such a focus on creating these guides and the deeper inner workings and strategy behind a lot of these mechanics, have you found it hard to turn off that mindset and just enjoy what you're playing? I have. Yeah, I have. It's It's been... um yeah, it, it, it's a it's a little hard to well, it, it's okay when I when I log in, I'm I'm like, ah, shit. Okay, this is a uh, damn. This is uh this is work. But mm-hmm. I think once I once I start to like get into the like the actual like quests or whatever it is I want to do, I just I still get lost in the I get lost in the the game itself, and uh, that magic is still there. So when I was the hard part was when Endwalker came out, it's like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta finish this, the MSQ as fast as I can. And that kind of, I mean, I would anyway, but, uh, it was like, I need to get through this. So then now I can cover X, Y, and Z. And instead of enjoying it for what it is. So it is, it was a little weird, uh, when Endwalker came around trying to balance that. I am enjoying this because it's a, an important part of my life, uh, but also I need to finish this so I can get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah, it's weird. And I don't think uh, now that I'm like still in, I mean, I'm still in games media. And I think that um, obviously things have changed a little bit, but I don't, it's, it hasn't ruined the game for me at all. Like when I, when I, when I think about some of the, my fondest memories in MSQ, like through M and Walker and the latest patches, that magic uh, and those memories are still like they're detached from the work aspect. And I think that that's what's important. Very cool. Now, Final Fantasy 14 has it's has no is not lacking in the hard hitting moments or memorable events. So I'm curious for all of you, what's the what is your defining or most memorable event that has or emotionally hard-hitting event that you've experienced inside Final Fantasy 14. Sam, I want to start with you. Oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> event as in story-wise. Can be what, whatever, whatever it could be. Yeah, spoilers <laughs> are fine. It can be a cutscene that hit you particularly hard, or a quest line or just finally finishing a savage raid or whatever has whatever really sticks out to you, like sitting here and it's like, wow, I wish I could experience that again for the first time kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. So unfortunately I've never done a savage raid cause I'm too scared. Um, I am, uh, an okay summoner, but I'm not the best summoner and I'm really good at tanking the floor. And so, you know, I don't <laughs> want to get yelled at <laughs> for being bad at the game. So, um, Maybe once I get a group of people together, I'll try Savage, hopefully. Um, but for me, there's been so many 
like hard hitting points in the story that this I myself am like a super emotional person to get begin with, but just getting, you know, attached to the characters and running through the story, I play almost entirely through like the story, the quest, everything with my husband. And so like that's always you know like really special to me. That's like our bonding time. Um you get to talk about the story and it's cool. Um but story wise, I'm sure everyone knows um, one of the heaven sore, the parts that hit me the hardest is seeing Harsh Font. And I actually, like, I cried for days. <laughs> I was so heartbroken. Yeah, because, that's a big one. Yeah, the game does just such a good way of, like, leading up to everything. It's like you've been, you know, casted out and, like, no one's giving you a chance. And Harshafon's the only one that like reaches out to you and he's like, Yeah, like I'll take a risk and like keep you safe and help you out. And also here's hot chocolate. And it's just <laughs> he's he's like the best character. He's still one of my favorite characters. He's a good boy. Like, mm-hmm. He was along with like Amrick and Grahals, my other favorite characters. And so like he was just the pure being he was so sweet and he was best characters and so i also wasn't expecting you know anything to happen to him and so when it did i was like devastated and so that part always that always sticks with me Uh, i probably wouldn't want to relive it again because i don't want to cry that much again (laughs) (laughs) but it is um like, you know, leading up to that, getting to, you know, hang out with that character. And yeah, really, really special. Oh, definitely. Uh, Eric, what about you? Um, so I will say just right off the bat that um, not even as like a patch content itself, um, I firmly stand by this, that 5.3 is probably one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just everything about that entire patch, just it all makes sense. It was like years leading up to it and the payoff. And then like the it's kind of like the closing chapter of like Shadowbringers. Like mm-hmm. some other streamers have said it in the past, but like if the entire like story arc or just Final Fantasy 14 as a whole ended at 5.3, like you know, the last cutscene, mm-hmm. it would have been the perfect send-off. However, um for me, in terms of emotional highs and lows and all that stuff, um, I have to say that as much as I do really love Shadowbringers and stuff, I think the entirety of Endwalker for me like really, really felt personal. Primarily because, um, not to get too personal here, but last year was probably one of the hardest years I've had to live through. Um, just going through a whole lot. And um, I had like, you know, my support circle at the time was my crew in Final Fantasy, which was like my older brother, um, his girlfriend, Monica, their friend, Amy, my friend, Alistair, Rebecca. My FC is very small. It's only like six of us. And, you know, playing with them last year, um, leading up to Inwalker, being all excited for it and all that kind of stuff um, was the first time where I actually really felt like I had like a true, you know, support circle while I was going through a lot of hardships last year. And that's actually one of the reasons why I actually moved away from California to where I live now. So I can be with four out of the six FC Uh members in real life. So that was a big moment for me. Yeah. But going through like in Walker, um, just the stuff the characters were 
saying, like Alice and like just like everyone in the story were just like saying things about overcoming despair and you know forging ahead and all this kind of stuff. And it just like I, I tallied it up. I made me cry eleven times throughout the story because <laughs> it was like I wasn't mm-hmm. hearing these words really from anybody at the time. But these characters in this game that I forged, like, you know, kind of a bond with these, you know, story characters and stuff, like just hearing them say that not just to like my Warrior of Light character, but like to me as a person, I was just like, damn, I needed to hear this. And I just wanted to keep going and going and going. And it was also kind of bittersweet, too, because Inwalker got delayed by two weeks. But I was also moving like right after Christmas to where I am now. And so I pretty much took the week off from work to kind of just play. You know, played mm-hmm. through Inwalker's MSQ, staying up to like four or five in the morning every night, just keep trying to get through as fast as I can so I can kind of like see this to its end before I make this next big move in my life. And it was kind of poetic in a way because it was like, you know, you know, this kind of like ending this big long chapter of the game and in my life because I started Final Fantasy 14 when I was living in California and stuff and then ending it, the whole story arc with myself ending my time in California and everything. And then, uh, yeah, like I moved here and settled in. And then there was like the live letter announced, like then patch 6.1 called like newfound adventures. I was like, man, this is like really parallel to like my life right now. So this was just really cool. (laughs) So yeah, I have to say like in Walker was my moment, but Kind of, a, I don't know if it's a controversial take, but I think I like the the journey of Shadowbringers a little bit more. But mm-hmm. just no, the, completely valid, yeah, yeah. I, I think I do like how with the expansions they're kind of their own. Not, I wouldn't say they're their own self-contained things. They kind of do bleed into one another. But I definitely feel that Shadowbringers and Inwalker are complementary to one another. Yes, 100%, and so yeah. it's like it was, it was like a direct continuation more so than like going from Heaven's Word to like Stormblood. But yeah, like uh, 5.3, y'all. 5.3. Uh, <laughs> mass, yeah. like, actual masterpiece. Just so oh yes. much. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I feel like N. Walker is also really special mm-hmm. because, like, the overarching theme of, like, you know, hope and, like, defeating despair, like, that's the, like, the big bad isn't Absolutely. Know, necessarily like, hey, there's this villain, this bad guy, who wants to destroy it. No, it's like, despair itself and i feel like Mm -hmm. it really brought a lot of people together because you know everyone can relate to that like you know feeling kind of hopeless and then like kind of finding the light absolutely like i'm actually i was actually looking earlier on like etsy and stuff trying to see if i can find any like asm crystals to buy or like Mm -hmm. um, flowers and stuff like that for my room and stuff i'm just like i'm all in i'm all in (laughs) yeah yeah i think we have the the flowers on the website Oh, I have no they still in stock. I remember I when that was announced, check. people were like rabid on Twitter. Uh, yeah, if not, check like Idaikuji or like Amiami. They might have them on there too. Just get it imported over here. Yeah, should still have them. Might have to do that because I already have. <laughs> um, I already have the um, little plush giant beaver on my desk right now because I love that storyline. So cute. dark. Oh, <laughs> like I have to have these weird little guys in my room, so I got mm-hmm. that right on my desk right now. <laughs> I love it. So good. What about you, Mike? What's a what's your heavy hitting moment? Oh, geez, I think I'm I'm pretty much on the same page as Eric. Uh, where five point three was like such an important, so such an important piece of fourteen, but also for me. Um, and yeah, I think about I think about it a lot, and I do think it's like probably the best. Uh, th- 
video game thing that I can point to. Like this thing is perfect. This is a monumental moment that I'll never forget. Um, because I mean, I, I connect with Krahati a lot. I think he's one of my favorite video game characters, period. And, you know, to have someone who's kind of looks up to you throughout the story and he's uh, like throughout Shadowbringers, you kind of learn about who gradually learn uh, who he is and what his deal is. And like the way in which it loops back around to the Crystal Tower raid series from two, mm-hmm. uh, from from a realm reborn. And the way they've kind of stored that, and I talked to Yoshi P about this too. And the, they're like, "Yeah, we didn't know if we we're gonna we we're gonna bring it back, but yo, the 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 fates lined up, and him having this such such an important role in what at the time was the biggest uh, the the biggest thing in that game um, was really cool. But I think like five point three for me, I was I was in a long term relationship, and then uh, we uh, split. Uh, but we're still living together. But 5.3 dropped the month that we had to move out and basically go our separate ways. And also, I, I miss my cat very dearly. But my ex partner, uh, she took the cat with her. And I think that's, uh, you know, I understand uh, these things are tough. And so I was playing through 5.3 and like the last week I had at this apartment next to my cat. And uh, I, I miss her dearly. And then here's this cat boy <laughs> who's uh, who's, you know, in this game. And I'm trying to I'm fighting evil with him and, you know, trying to save the day with him. And then now oh, do I have to say goodbye mm-hmm. to him, too? Oh, shit. Um, but I think like 5.3 has a lot of. uh kind of captured a lot of those emotional moments uh and like the the power of friendship and uh so yeah when you do fight you know the 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 warrior of light in the first it's just uh it's kind of like this monumental moment where you know you had shadowbringers had two conclusions to it all of of which were like fucking like the height like you thought you finished shadowbringers 5.0 and you think that that's like oh i can't get better than this it was like hey let's let's run it back and there's, I wrote, I wrote a lot about this at when I, uh, at GameSpot. So it's like, you know, throughout Shadowbringers, you see all your the scions kind of become leaders and have their own uh, like step up in a way to save, uh, save the world, whatever. Um, and then, you know, Gratia, who's like this your your partner uh, in crime, basically, and you learn about him. And then once you get to five point three, like you care very deeply about him and just how much he puts himself like in the in the fire to uh to save the world and you know for him is just like you know i just yeah i just wanted to do cool stuff and go on an adventure with cool people but this is where the road has led me and now i'm mm-hmm. i must leave this world behind and uh yeah i just he's just one of my favorite characters and a lot of the things around they did around that uh and how it all looped back to the crystal tower raid series just like really really clever mm-hmm. um and I think it's like really, you know, 14 is written very poetically. And I think like Eric touched on that with N Walker, where, you know, they have a lot of lines of dialogue and a lot of cutscenes and a lot of uh, moments where characters will kind of speak very poetically and uh, and about, you know, that could that touch on a lot of the heavier themes that 14 tries to hit. And yeah, that last moment uh, where, you know, you're running back to the crystal tower with his, you know, his blood crystal and to, to revive him. And he has like this, has this passage about, um, you know, like no matter what that, you know, everything that's led up to this moment, you know, cherish those things mm-hmm. and realize that has, it has led you to where you are today. 
and him being able to come back and like be a scion. I was like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, you have tragedy, but there's still a happy ending that makes sense. That doesn't feel cheap. Uh, and yeah, I think there's a lot. And like the the story of Elidibus, when you when you kind of understand like he's not just like this mustache twirly villain um you know and you learn more about him uh, throughout endwalker but you have to have the gist of like someone who's like in such a difficult position who had uh no other choice back you know he was young and a lot of people were looking to him to you know we're facing tragedy it's up to you and we're going to pressure you to be the ones to solve our problems mm-hmm. um and how he was like so influenced by that and uh, like in those last moments, you kind of, you really genuinely feel bad for him. Um, yeah, and I think 14's so good at doing that, like with Emmett as well, where you're like, man, I want to take this guy down. And then you learn more and you're like, oh no, I feel bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I wish yeah. I could help you. Uh, yeah, this is like, Shadowbringer is like has such a monumental uh, thing where they have all these different pieces uh, these grandiose pieces and it's like ah well is it gonna land is it gonna be as as hype as you know this game is hyping it up to be and like how everyone else says it, it is but once all the pieces fall into place it's so beautiful and i've probably cried through 5.3 at least like eight times i i sometimes i or try oh, yeah. to prevent myself from thinking about it too hard because it will derail my day <laughs> and i'll get very emotional about it and um yeah, just hearing the music. And I think the one thing for me that now that I look back on it is probably um, to the edge, like the the boss battle oh, theme. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Final Fantasy fourteen uses music to such a strong yeah. degree. Um, Absolutely. To really yeah, just improve things. I just don't understand how Soken and the music team still to this day keep one upping themselves. Like, how do they <laughs> yeah. do it? They must, be, they must just have a stockpile of cute, cuddly animals that they just keep sacrificing oh to keep <laughs> releasing emotional bangers. This is my only thought. Oh, yeah. um, it's like all the new like dungeon themes and the raid music, like in the balance from the new Aglaia raids and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just, these are all bangers. And like, I'm obsessed with the new. Um, Pandemonium's uh, Eight Savage second, uh, the second phase theme, Whitestone Black. It's just like Devil May Cry music. I'm like, yeah, let's screw it. Let's just do it. it." Yes, it's amazing. I just, I don't know how they do it. It's just, oh my gosh, because the music's a big thing for me. Like, I just, I'm obsessed with music. This this game just like has like great gameplay, great story, everything, and then just great music. It's like, okay, why do I want to play anything else? (laughs) 100%. Essentially, yeah. For me, like, well, I guess, well, I think the thing that ties it all together for me is music. So when I hear Eternal Wind, when that mm-hmm. song plays, like it's in the Shadowbringers main theme. You're like, oh, wow, cool. Final Fantasy three reference. Uh, Crystal Tower. It all makes sense. And you quickly realize that Eternal Wind is Grahatia's theme. And yep. whenever he has yeah. a moment, that song plays. And in 5.3, when he's at his final moments, mm-hmm. uh, or so you think, it plays the piano version. And it really heart Damn, shattered like, fuck, just, dog like shit yeah. doing a piano yeah, version is just dirty tricks dirty dirty trick oh like a lot of us it's like i i would die for raha yes 100 he's, he's our boy Best boy <laughs> and he's always like just eager to like throw himself like it's okay i'll, I'll sacrifice myself and i'm like no 
I will sacrifice myself. It's okay. <laughs> I yeah. still love the scene where Graha is eating a hamburger. That's still oh, so good. So How do we get Yoshi P and the team to give us an eat hamburger remote with that nice, beautiful hamburger? Oh, yes. I, need, I need that so bad. Seriously. Oh, One day. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's I think all the moments, all of my emotional moments are tied to music as well. Oh, uh, sure. Like I said, like to the edge and knowing I, the story behind that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's this thing for me, uh I'll try to make this quick, is so I and this also ties into Endwalker. So I got I got open heart surgery in October last year. Mm-hmm. And this is right before Endwalker was coming out. And I was like, damn, I hope I hope I survive this shit so I can play Endwalker at least. God damn. Um, but now when I when I listen to to the edge and like the ticking clock, so I have a mechanical heart valve and like when my heart pumps, you hear like a watch ticking and then to the edge, you know, and the Amarat theme is a ticking clock too, mm-hmm. and, and it implies, you know, that the the time that they have left and the time that has passed and the things that they've tried to do with, with the limited time that they have and trying to buy time, you know, that's essentially mm-hmm. what Emmett and Elidibus are doing. They're trying to bring back something from the past. And in doing so, it's just kind of like, they don't realize the evil that they're doing because they're so enraptured by uh, like their past. And like what to the edge has the ticking clock of Amron and like the, 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 the lyrics about, you know, having to uh having to come so close to the end to really have perspective on what your life means and what you're actually doing with your life it's uh and all the all the late motifs that they use throughout the thing like mm-hmm. um like that song is uses the melodies and the progression of the Amarant theme and you i, I kind of didn't realize it until i i listened back to it it's like why does this sound so familiar and it's like oh it uses the same melody, uh, like the 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 lyrical melody of it is, you know, the the rhythm from the Amarat piano theme and the ways in which they can tie storytelling to directly to music like music is inseparable from the story that it tells. Um, and I think that's so powerful. And I think that's that's that is one of the things that has a, that I've become attached to with the Persona franchise yeah. and also near. And I look back at all of my favorite games of all time and they do those things where they tie music to the storytelling. It is part of the experience. Um, and they continually do it. I remember I was in the hospital, like around N Walker came out and I was sitting, I was laying there with like a wild fever uh, and I needed to stay for, I had like an infection. I needed to stay in the hospital. This is shortly after heart surgery. So I'm like, fuck, I'm in the hospital again for another week. And I was in the middle of playing N Walker and I was like, oh shit, man, I really wish I could go home and play N Walker. But I got to the point where you make it to Elpis and like the Elpis theme song just was like stuck in my head the entire time I was in the hospital. I was just like staring, staring up at these sterile lights. And I was like thinking about like the Asians and the ancients and how that song is so sorrowful, like it's sad. And then mm-hmm. it kind of crescendos into this more like hopeful sounding melody. And then when it loops back around, you know, it just makes me think about the hope and despair. The themes of Endwalker yeah. are, you know, the battles between hope and despair and this yep. theme song around the ancients who are kind of the crux of this, of why all this shit is happening in the world. Their own music is this battle, it sounds like this battle between hope and despair. So it's just, I don't know, man. Like, y'all, pff, 
I still oh, yeah. cry uh, after yeah. the release of uh, Alex McCullough's Close the Distance community mm. singing thing. Oh my I, God. I bawled so many times listening to that and watching that. So, so impactful. But I think one of the moments that is really, that really sticks out to me and like Harshafon's a great one. Everything you mentioned with 5.3. But for me, it's like what really tugged at my heartstrings was the whole, um, kind of storyline and everything that went on between Ardbert and Seto. Oh my like, goodness. Interacting oh, with Seto. No, like, don't remind that, me. <laughs> that hit so me much. so oh. hard in, in mm-hmm. the heart. And I just love it. And how you end things like him being able to see Ardbert's spirit and him taking off at the end to go to his own venture after knowing Ardbert has finally kind of passed on and everything that transpired, but oh my gosh, that just, that wrecked so me. so frustrating trying yes. to read the text with tears in my eyes. Yo, I know. <laughs> Jeez. That part just oh, oh, hit me, man. hit me strong. Or like when all the scions were kind of giving themselves away so you could progress at the end of Shadowbringers or, um, the most recent one, yeah, uh, Endwalker, excuse Endwalker? me. Endwalker, oh um, my god. It, yeah, it's so, so many moments, but one of the big things that a lot of people have talked about, and we touched on here, was Emmett Selk. I'm curious, where does Emmett Selk stand with all of you in the pantheon of Final Fantasy villains? Um, I will have to say, I absolutely adore Emmett Selk. Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite villains I've ever got the pleasure to deal with in a video game. He's like such a perfect mix of like he's he's just like he's snarky, but like he's really smart. I always call him a disaster gay rat man. Oh my god, that's perfect. (laughs) He's just so so flamboyant, and he's just so sassy. You just you can't help but love him. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I love him, but I'm also in love with him. I don't know, maybe (laughs) both. I don't know. I think it's both. Yes. It's just he's, like he's amazing. Yes, like I love like, every time his. Um, I don't know. His, I don't remember his like name, but his like voice actor who plays him in the English dub. Um, mm-hmm. Every line he delivers is just absolutely perfect, and like just the fact that um, you you think of him as like this you know super sassy villain who is like out to you know he has his own agendas, but he's mm-hmm. like you know you know buddy buddy with everyone for a while and stuff but then you start to like learn about him and his past and how you know he's quite literally trying to do the right thing and his his intentions are not wrong he's just going about it the wrong way yeah, and it's very like much learn about that mm-hmm. and like running back with you know with Vanat and like you learning more about and I also love him being like the begrudgingly okay I'll do it. I know this is the right thing. I, I, you're, you're pulling me in, yep. but he really does want to do it. He really does want to help. He's just. He's very good. It, and I love it. Yeah. It's like just learning about his past and the motives and everything. And then, like we said, I go into Elpis and seeing um, him and Hithlodeus. I, I totally ship the two of those two. They, I fucking love Hithlodeus. I love them both so much. Hithlodeus, one of the prettiest men I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just like, how? <laughs> but yeah, like just, yeah, like, it's like I said, like you just, they're doing the right thing, but they're doing it wrong because the people in the current times, you know, they're living 
they're living people, they're living souls as well. Like you can't just kill all these people to bring back the past that you loved, which is, I love that quote near the end of Endwalker when, uh, you know, Emmett Selk says, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, we fought to bring back the past that we loved, but you know, we lost because it's not the future you guys live. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, damn. God damn, dude. <laughs> dropping it, dropping it bad like that. Yep. And then like the huge, huge part with like the whole cutscene with like the knot and seeing everything that happened and like oh the my God. with the, the Thou Must Live, Die and Know is probably the, I think Tuesday, probably one of the strongest cutscenes in the entire game. He, like yes. it gives me chills and I love like the whole quote with the, and henceforth he shall walk. And I'm like, yes. oh my God. Oh, I can't. Yeah. This is one of oh, the like, shit. things I've ever and in, seen. Yeah. And in deepest despair, light everlasting. Oh and my god. Constantly so more and more like beat up and like black yeah, and, and like but those eyes, like her crying. eyes just stay that very clear blue and mm-hmm. oh, so good. That's, you see her like bleeding mom. out while like yep. Mom. 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 Yeah, just like no. watching her like walking through and just starts bleeding this black blood from her body oh, as you start to see like the other creation um, magics of the other races you know mm-hmm. struggling in despair of their own lives and stuff that she brought on to these people to defeat despair once and for all like exactly mm-hmm. you can't live a happy life without feeling other emotions and stuff that makes that's what makes us human they, they all have just, to coexist yes yeah. just it gives, oh my me, God. gives me chills beautiful <laughs> beautiful beautiful <sighs> so good yeah. Oh, that, oh. That, sorry that reminded that reminded me of I guess I know we worry we move past it but uh, and I have, I have lots of feelings of Emmett, Emmett Selk as well but uh, since you mentioned Vinat like the the Mother Crystal trial oh is God. probably yeah, I think that's my number yeah. one moment in all of the game because that was oh I was gonna say that cutscene following the trial was the first time I've ever had to like watch the cutscene, wait for the screen to go black so I could get off my butt, off my chair, to go mm-hmm. to my bathroom and like actually pad my eyes down with the towel because I was like actually <laughs> sobbing. Like not even... Oh, yeah. Just, yeah I was, it like, was. like, oh my god. Like just... And there's just hearing the lyrical version of flow play. Oh, oh my yeah. god. That's something else yeah. that I didn't hit on earlier too is because um, my name that you can even see here on our Discord call here is Flowin, which is from mm-hmm. Fantasy Online. Just a name that I picked up from that game oh, many, yeah. many years ago. So again, like kind of poetic in a way, going through Inwalker right before I moved everything. <laughs> and then I beat the story, got my in-game rewards. And it was like the mount and stuff. And then it was like the Phenomenon. And then the song itself titled Flow. I was just like, I'm BRB, gotta cry again. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> oh my well, god. Like, touching back really quick on like music. Like I said, I would yeah. have to bring it up. Um, some of my like favorite songs and of course i'm biased but like from the near raids because the Ooh. mixing of like near music and final fantasy music was just unbelievable to me oh my gosh like, it's so cool the, the weight of the world oh my, god, oh my yeah. god and then like i'm like how is it so perfect how did you yep. guys do this like i can't imagine and like, like y'all were plotting this for decades yeah, huh so like, <laughs> i wouldn't put it like, past yoko taro honestly 100 percent. and then getting to like the end of the near raids and hearing kaine's theme oh my god and i was like i was just sobbing 
yep. immediately. I was like, no. And like with all like the mechanics and I'm like, some of these mechanics are like breaking guard, which like kills me. It was just like the music was beautiful. And you know, and your guitar is going to find a way to make all that canon with this dragon near lore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so cool. <laughs> like that's the, like my favorite music in the game. Cause like, it's just such a good blend of two. It's so good. It's just like, it's, um, everything he does. Yeah, yeah pretty much primarily use near music in my FC personal quarters in my little. <laughs> oh. Nice. Yes. Good choice. So yeah. good. Yeah. And so, for, and like, again, with, with music, I think the, the mother crystal trial playing, um, like this, this remix of answers with mm-hmm. like, a, with like mm-hmm. beating drums, like a marching drums that like My kind God. of that yeah. have a different momentum. Cause you think of answers and you think of, you know, you think of, uh, Dalmud and, uh, the, the realm reborn, the birth of 2.0. And you think of oh, like, cool. you think back to that and just how, Again, like the thing with Grahatia coming back and being the the linchpin for Shadowbringers, and now 1.0, the end of 1.0, we're re- revisiting that uh, through Endwalker, and so that trial where you're, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting Heidelin herself. It's like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a fan of like, and you know, it's an anime trope. Is you know the the battles where like oh I'm testing your strength or whatever it's like okay what are this what are even the stakes here but the way that N Walker posits it is like Heidelin has been through this can't go through this cycle anymore she needs to know whether or not you can actually finish the job and the only way to know that is if you can defeat me um, like it's it's like a thing of tough love it's like yes I we've worked so hard to get here but you need to be strong enough to actually see this through. Yeah, she's like, I yeah. need to know that you're not going to fail. Yeah. You, have, you have to be strong enough to do this. It's such a, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the perfect setup. It's the only setup for yeah. that kind of, you know, test of your strength battle. And it, it doesn't feel um, frivolously earned. It doesn't feel just like a, like you said, Mike, a, your typical anime trope of I'm just going to test you and, and everything like after everything you've been through, like it, it felt, it feels like a well-earned and natural story progression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a test of your reflexes. Oh my God. I was going to say too about that whole trial and everything. And the music itself is yeah. that while the music itself is like powerful too, just even the track name itself is your, your answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, damn, like this is my answer. Like we've been, we've been on this journey for so long. And that's what really hit me with that post cut scene after that, whatever it's like, you know, Heidelin has been with our characters for so long. We never knew anything about her. You, like the entire way. Yeah. And then we yeah. finally get to meet her as a person early on in the story and everything. You're just like, wow, like she's just really cool. And then you get, and then eventually, um, I, I don't want to say too much about it because I imagine people who may be listening to this may have not gotten that far yet, but, um, it's just, it's just, it was a moment where it's like, this feels like it's too soon. Like, please don't, but it's just, it makes sense. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely crushed me. I was just like, God, like I normally don't even really get this way with video game characters and stories and stuff. But like that one just, it really felt like a major loss. Oh, it's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just like, Oh my God, I have to go cry and sob <laughs> and just, Oh my goodness. It, it, it absolutely wrecked me. Yeah. The same. 
I don't know. Yeah. For me, uh, I had to do that quite mm. three times with a trust because of my uh, my trust characters kept killing me. So I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, same. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> they were obliterating me, and I'm like, Why are you doing this? I'm struggling enough. <laughs> oh my god. The leading up to that moment, though, uh, I think the thing that was running through my head is like, Oh, are they going to do an eight like an uh, like a trial trust, like with eight, like a full party of eight, because mm-hmm. like the trust system has only been for dungeons up to that point. And I think the, the one, that one trial um, from, I think it was from the Shadowbringers era. Was it Memoria uh, Miseria or something like that? Yeah. Uh, they did. They kind of experimented with uh, the eight, uh, eight player uh, trust. Yep. So I was like, are they going to do this again? Like this would be the perfect moment. No, they're not going to do it. Right. Cause I have such a strong attachment to like character attachments is like, it's one of my weak weaknesses is like, I get attached to characters very easily. Mm-hmm. And so this, like, this is my squad. Like I care about everyone so deeply and they're here with me. I want them to be a part of this. And I think like, that's why I love the trust system so much is because it brings those important characters into the fold in a way that uh, wasn't, they weren't before. And I, I love that so much. And them being like, yup, this is an eight. You can bring the trust system into into this trial. And God, I was. Oh, yeah. My I, hair was standing I, up. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> crying because it was so perfect. Like, oh, my God, this is this, this some, something I would just daydream about that. Like, man, I really wish they could do this. But, you know, I understand the limitations of development and all this stuff. Now, so they're probably not. They probably can't do that. And then they did it. And it was it was just perfect everything all the pieces that made it into that moment with the music the trust the, the, yeah. the weight the story and oh my god yoshi P was just like fuck it we're doing it i don't care what you have to do we're doing it <laughs> it was uh, it, yeah it's it like a yeah absolutely perfect moment to do it too because that's one thing like every time a new patch comes out or when i'm like leveling up for the first time doing expansions i only do trusts at first before yeah, i'm just kind of like learn mechanics and stuff and bring the characters with me and it's funny too because i don't tend to you know, schedule up a trials roulette a whole lot, unless I'm like really bored and just want to do a trials thing. But still to this day, I actually have not done that specific trial with real people. It's only yeah. been, I've only done it like maybe I only done it the once with the trust. And that's all I need to do. Like I don't need to do it ever again. Yeah. The, my memory <laughs> of running that with, with my, with my friends, my, my, uh, trust friends is, Scion. uh, that is Science. the science Scion. Scion squad. squad. Yeah. That's forever going to be my memory of running yep. uh, that trial. So it's a damn good just memory. made sense. Perfect moment. Um, sure. and, and speaking of science, I want to get all of your opinions. How do we think that Tataru Taru is going to take over Eorzea? Cause I'm convinced that she will eventually <laughs> be the final super final end boss or something. Um, I feel like she's yes. scary. I think I love I think her, but I think she could she could kill bitch. Like Heidelin <laughs> can't stand a toe to toe with Tataru Taro if she was Tataru, serious. She, she is. She's the moment. She's she's it. <laughs> no, I, I actually think with these, um, they're building up the whole uh, little side story about Tataru's granted everything, where she's trying to build up her own little like boutique and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a future storyline where it's going to be like her versus. Rowena's business. Yeah. yeah. And eventually shut her out for being so greedy. Oh, I love that. that that's that's that what I'm thinking. It's going to build up too. And also, yeah. I also have a feeling too that um, whenever 7.0 and stuff comes out, whenever they introduce new jobs and stuff, I have a feeling that Cryle is going to become one of the new jobs. I could see oh, that. Cool. Yeah. Have they sure. defined what job Cryle has? 
I don't think so. But I remember reading recent interviews with Yoshi P and them saying that Crowell's going to have a big role to play and stuff going forward. So I could definitely see her possibly picking up the arms and maybe becoming some sort of new job we might be seeing in Santa Bueno, which would be really cool to see because I love Kryle. She's Kryle's so cool. great. I love she her. Great. Um, yeah, it's there's there's so much that we could talk about with this game. There's just so many amazing aspects from this game and memories to share. But I want to share some of your memories. We had a number of people send in their favorite moments and memories from Final Fantasy 14. So we are going to go around the web. First up, we have the user Wheelie Ramp from Reddit. They say it was a Moonfire Fair event. I want to say 2016-ish. Regardless, the event fate overlapped with the zone boss fate. It's not lupus where you fight a giant crab called Cancer. This meant if it's not Lupus spawned, the event fate wouldn't spawn. So you would have the event goers zerg it down so that the event fate could spawn, and then we would could get our rewards. I was in the outpatient clinic having chemotherapy the day I was grinding my rewards. It was almost a full day affair, so I would bring my laptop in and, to, and do easy content in Final Fantasy XIV to stave off the boredom. It's not lupus pop popped, and I joined the Zerg to take it down without much thought, until my nurse leaned over, squinted at the screen, and asked, Are you killing a monster called Cancer right now? Her and <laughs> the other two nurses, they were managing the patients either side of my chair, watched the party smash out this crab fate just so we can get back to our Moonfire fair grind, and had a little celebration once it was done, then got back to work and hung up my next bag. It was a nice little heart heartening moment during one of the worst times I was going through. Too long, didn't read, killed cancer while actively having chemo. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yes, and I did ask and follow up with them. They did successfully beat also disease cancer, though it took a while. So, um, oh, that's excellent. Yay. Yes, congratulations. So, um, Heck yeah! Very very heartening, heartwarming story, and I'm glad you beat both the crab and the disease uh, wheelie ramp so thank you for sharing did one of you want to take the next one sure I can take it sure uh, this is from this comes from reddit from helicopter lazy uh, they say back during 2.1 I was playing the game late at night when the game suddenly had a massive lag spike once it passed I started seeing shouts in the chat that Odin had spawned obviously I rushed over there uh, over there to get in on the fun right when the fight was starting my older brother got home from hanging out uh, with his friends so I called him over to my room to check out the big fight the next day he decided to try out a character on my account about a week or two later he set up his own account and we're playing the game together ever since and we've been playing the game together ever since it's because final fantasy 14 that i consider my older brother to be my closest friend and all because of that clusterfuck that is odin oh that's sweet good story oh, thank you i love it <laughs> good good story uh sam or eric do you want to take the next one uh yeah i can take the next one so this is from Jar of Juice from Twitter. It's almost impossible to recount all the stories and memories I've had in the game, but I can condense them to this. The friends I've made in the FC we have formed. We have all met through COVID lockdowns and have spent almost every night since then playing and queuing up for a clubbing night when some DJs was streaming live and we have a banger of an evening. 
And needless to say, all the legendary music and live performances in the big cities where we could spend at least an hour or two reminiscing and telling stories of our experiences with each song played. And among the many, many, many nights together on Discord, the FC and myself would have a gold saucer night where we play games together and get drunk and also play hide and seek and tag a lalafell hides well and plant pot. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. That, that's a good story. And it is, especially like with COVID and all the lockdown, it's Final Fantasy 14 with the gold saucer, with the quests and everything you can do. It almost has transcended just an MMO. It is a gathering hub. It is a place where people can hang out like the uh, DJ clubbing that they mentioned. All the videos of bard players randomly learning how to play their instruments and just busting out like songs. It mm-hmm. This game really is special. I was going to say just uh, kind of a small tangent here. Um, I know a lot of people online like know this already by now, but like I'm, you know, part of the LGBTQIA plus community and stuff. And so I feel like this game out of all the MMOs that I've ever played before, I feel like this game has definitely the largest queer community in it. So it's really cool to see those kind of people, you know, expressing themselves through their characters in the cities and stuff and just hanging out and having their own clubs and that kind of stuff. And it's just so so cool to see and I just I feel like I'm part of this game in that in that aspect I'm not going to get yelled at and called slurs and stuff like I used to in World of Warcraft and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so it's just a very wholesome place to be and I'll never forget um, like while I was you know moving last year to where I am now uh, over in Austin Texas um, on the road my brother was playing Final Fantasy during the Christmas break since it was like you know around that time is when I was moving mm-hmm. and he sent me a screenshot of someone yelling in Limsa, doing a shout in Limsa, basically just being like, hey there, um, if you're alone on the holidays, me and my FC are hosting a you know Christmas night at our house. If anyone wants to come over and hang out and just, you know, we have a discord and stuff. And I'm just like, that is just so cool. Like That makes my heart just, bleed. And yeah, it's like people are just so doing happy. this stuff just, just to be, you know, just to make friends in this game in Eorzea and stuff. And I'm just like, man, like you just don't see this really happening in other MMOs. It's just so hard for me. I'm just, I've never been more happy to be playing a game like this in my life. So, oh, yeah. But, oh, makes my heart so happy. <laughs> That's so what I was going to say, too. It, I think it's primarily because this game, the story and everything, it just, it teaches empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things I wanted to hit on, too, is like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I didn't know we have other uh, stories to get to, but... <laughs> To that, to Eric's point, is that not only is, does this game feature systems and mechanics that afford people like players levels of expression that you just don't see in any other game, it's that I think and I, I honestly I think this is a product of the story it tells is that for players to you know play through fourteen they have to experience the story and with the story centering on things like humanity and uh caring for another whether for 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 one another and have forging these really intimate bonds with people and asking people like why they fight uh for things i think it it really has an empathetic message that resonates to the rest of the community uh, and of course like going into party finder for savage raids you're gonna see the you might see the worst of the community you'll, uh, you'll but see like, some bad eggs of course of course and that's how it is you know with all games unfortunately but the level of um like you said there's like the like marginalized communities flocking to this game because they can find community and expression in it and you know just normal players going through this and 
having whether they they're conscious of it or not like playing through the story is going to you know it's going to touch on your humanity and ask you questions and it's you know you i feel like people are going to be very reflective of those sorts of things and then it reflects on the way the community treats each other yeah um, yeah i just i and like like we keep saying like these are things that no other game has yep and then even then another sorry another quick thing to know <laughs> no, no, too is it's, it's like <laughs> You know, even the game systems itself encourages to be empathetic and, you know, believing in other players with the accommodation system, you know, like people can give you a thumbs up for doing a good job in raids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. that you can use to like buy yourself cool cosmetics and mounts and stuff or like um, just the fact that, you know, a lot of games at the time when this game came out, like MMOs, even like WoW and stuff like didn't have level sync in those games. So, like, the game rewards you for going through older content to help new players experience the stuff that we have all seen ourselves. Like, we want people to be able to be like, hey, you know, you're in right, you're in the good hands now. We're going to help you get through this game so you can, you know, experience all this with with us. Not like, you know, it's a single player story kind of in a way, but like, we are all part of this together and going through this grand story together. And like, yeah. we all have like our own memories and stuff. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Whenever 100%. I do like synced would do sync content and it's like oh i queued into end singer and i see like three people are like still watching the cutscene, and it's like oh last hey. week we got that last week with me and yeah. my friends like we were like <laughs> once they're still watching the cutscenes, once we beat it like all like the three of us just start going with your little glow stick emotes yeah and we're just like congratulations <laughs> like like you know get your tissues ready you know enjoy the rest <laughs> of the story and stuff and just and we see that all the time with this game yep. it's just it's just fantastic i just oh i could go on about this oh, so good <laughs> So good. Uh, Sam, you want to take the next one? Yeah, of course. This one's from Oh My Myth Friend here on Twitter. I love her, by the way. Um, um, She said, I lost four members of my family from Christmas to February 8th. Um, Final Fantasy XIV was there for me. We finally finished Shadowbringers and then Endwalker, and tanking it all helped me distract myself from my grief. For some reason, running Hades on Extreme endlessly was a salve for it all. My husband and I didn't really talk about the loss because I just didn't know how to. But what he could do was run DPS while I tanked endgame content for sometimes 10 hours a day while I was on mental health leave. Yeah, it's... One thing I found uh, doing this show is how impactful and meaningful all these stories in RPGs things can be to help people through grief, through hard times, um, and in place at times, even making, uh, memories that you'll never forget and turn in such an RPG fashion, turning the darkest of times into the brightest of times. Um, Mm -hmm. and in it, I think it's part of what I love so much about this genre of game and hobby with tabletop. It it is that escape when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And this is such an amazing game to to escape into uh, with your like we, we like we've mentioned the feeling the wonderful characters the emotional empathy that you get from it the more lackadaisical kind of outlandish funny moments the whatever you're kind of craving at any given time or needing at any given time this game 
can provide you or provide its players. And I think that's what makes it and continues to make it so special. Um, Agreed. And it's it's like you mentioned, Mike, when you were going through your heart surgery and everything, you were thinking about everything with this game. And Eric, when you were moving out and and dealing with all of that, it, it it's these moments that you, even still to this day, you think back and you attribute and, and kind of connect with Final Fantasy XIV in some way or a game in some way. And, and this is not RPG specific. You People can find their escapism in connection in any genre of game, but video games or games as a hobby in general can provide so much relief in those times when you really need to just get away. Mm, Exactly. 100%, yeah. And it's why it's so great when people aren't assholes online. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Please please be nice to each other and take care of each other. Be excellent to each other. Exactly. Just If you feel like being an asshole, just ask yourself, what would Grahatia do? And exactly. if it's, he would, he would yep. look at you with sad cat eyes, you shouldn't do it. Don't and make Graha sad. Don't make Graha sad. You. The world I'll would be better you. if everyone asked themselves before they posted or did anything, will what I'm about to do make Grahatia sad? Yes. <laughs> and don't if it you does, dare. you don't fucking do it. Simple as That's that. How it goes. You do <laughs> just one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have at Rev Cabot, uh, previous guest Cameron Abbott from Rooter. They say they gave a list of a number of different um, memories that they find particularly impactful to them. First one, number one, going through the old Praetorium raid for the first time. All the unskippable cutscenes, the boss fight after the boss fight after the boss fight, and the final moments of rescuing Thancred on your Magitek mount. Two, playing through the vault for the first time, fighting these holy knights in the terrible moment that occurs at the end. Three, <laughs> fighting Thordin and realizing you're fighting through the Knights of the Round Summon from Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Yep. yep. Such a fucking good moment. Oh, so good. Yep. That whole Three. boss fight rules. It's so cool. So good. <laughs> Three, Xenos, just everything Xenos. Four, when you realize your asm and then you go through all of Shadowbringers to get in your head, connect all the dots and cry. Yep. Five, when you realize Elidibus was a child the entire time. Yeah. Six, Endwalker. All of it. <laughs> yep. Seven, anytime Shadowbringers and Footfalls plays. Absolutely. Yep. And eight, Hoshifant. Ah. Uh, yes. The boy. Can I just say, in regards to Xenos, I love how... Shadowbringer or Endwalker ends with basically a Sasuke versus Naruto fist fight. Oh my god, it was <laughs> so cool. I'm oh. losing it. I'm like, look, this is so ridiculous and I love it. This is and the coolest thing ever. Never before had I wished that I had actually done a Lalafell. Because <laughs> I would have loved to see a Lalafell just going ham, like fist to fist with Xenos. Amazing. So good. So, so good. And now we have one last submission from Trevor Starkey. Who wants to read it? Uh, I can read it. Sure. All right. Had a fun enough time in 2017 with my first attempt around the Reese of Stormblood, but I played a paladin and got wildly self-conscious in the Hockey Manor dungeon when I wasted the party's time because I didn't know how to go back to the beginning of the level near the end. So I bounced off. 
Happy with the time I'd spent, but having confirmed that the playing with other people part was the stressful reason I avoid MMOs. Then I got the itch to try it again last year with Inwalker on the way. Playing DPS's time as a black mage, I had a much smoother journey and played through all of the base game and expansion starting May, up and finishing just ahead of Inwalker. Spent the rest of the year finishing Inwalker and making it making it my easy game of the year last year. Glad I went back and very grateful to have uh, Rev Cabot around to assist and guide me when I needed him. Oh, look at that. Yay. All oh, comes full circle. Yep. Shout out to having friends to take the journey with. Heck yeah. Tales of loss, fire, and fate. E. <laughs> so good. But thank you to each and every one of you who submitted your favorite memories and moments from Final Fantasy XIV today. We really appreciate it. And a huge extra thank you to everyone who has ever submitted their favorite memory or moment about RPGs they have played in these past 100 episodes. I will forever be grateful to each and every one of you for taking just a little time out of your day to share your wonderful stories with me. Now, let's say you have not picked up the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV yet, and you might be wondering where you can get it. Well, luckily, it is pretty easy. It is available on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and the PC whether it's on Steam or through uh, directly through the Square Enix store. So you can pick it up. Or if you just want to play it, like I said, you can play through up through the first expansion, Heaven's Word, up to level 60 before you have to pay anything. So give it a try and let us know what you think. Now, for the new players who might be venturing into Eorzea for the first time, Eric, Sam, Mike, what are some tips or advice that you would give to brand new Scions of the Seventh Dawn? Uh, I would say, uh, like kind of what Mike said earlier, um, follow the main story first. Just go to the story, get to learn the characters, get to learn your place in the world, explore the world. Um, just yeah, follow through the story. And then once you get to a comfortable spot uh, where you feel like you, you may be doing a little bit too much story, um, you know, kind of had a lot, kind of had enough with all the cutscenes for a little while. And you take a breather and stuff. I would totally, you know, maybe try out leveling up different jobs. Maybe try out some of the professions, like gathering stuff, maybe crafting huh? some stuff. Go to the gold saucer, play some mini games and chocobo races and stuff. And and again, another thing we were kind of mentioning earlier too is just go explore the the cities and watch what other people are doing, the other players, yeah. how they're interacting mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just like, it's like, um, you know. Again, like when I moved here to Austin, um, when I was finishing up, my, you know, setting my room and stuff, my parents were over since they helped me move. And I've been talking to them about this game for a while because it's kind of like my hyperfixation, you know, for quite a while now. And so I you know, my PC was on, I had my internet set up and they were still here. And I loaded up the game and I went to Limsa Lominsa and my dad was sitting next to me. And I was like, hey, so you see all these characters with blue names above their heads? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, like these are all real players. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, like, this is like a real world in a way where you can just watch other people go people watching and stuff. And just, just, you can just, just get lost in the game, get lost in the world. It's just all there for you to explore. So, so good. Sam, what about you? What tips or advice would you give fresh faced new players? Um, For new players, I would hundred percent say like, don't be afraid to ask for help because uh, you know, here and there there's a few not so friendly people, but as a whole, I feel the community is really welcoming and really kind um, and really like open to new players and always excited to 
you know, kind of usher new people into the game. And so, you know, whether you're stuck on like MSQ or you're trying to get through like a specific duty and you need help, like, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because usually there's someone out there that is perfectly okay with giving you advice or like helping lead you through it. I know for me, even now when I go do uh, like a trial or something for the first time, I've had players that are like, hey, I'm going to mark myself. If you need help or you're a little confused as to where to run from mechanics, just follow me. Like, I'll make sure to guide you guys and make sure you're okay. So, like, there's quite a few players like that in the community. So definitely, if you're stuck or need help, don't be afraid to ask other players for advice or help. Damn straight. Damn straight. Mike, what about you? I would say go to hit video game website. Ah, damn it, that was <laughs> going to be mine. Ah. Uh, no, no. I think, um, yeah, like I said, uh, and, uh, Eric echoed was uh, following the main quest is at the, at the top left. You know, they'll, they'll tell you where that quest is. Um, like when you log in the first time, you're going to get hit with a bunch of menus. The, the, the UI is going to look overwhelming and, you know, it can be, but you know, the following the game is built in a way to where you just follow the main quest and all the other pieces will fall into place. Um, that's where a chunk of the the content is. That's where, you know, progression is you know, like, make sure you progress through uh, through MSQ uh, and the rest will take care of itself. You'll f- you'll figure it out eventually. Uh, there's plenty of time to figure it out. And uh, I think uh, so Eric and Sam, y- y- y'all touched on some really good points and so this isn't so much advice, more of like kind of, I guess, like attuning your approach to to this game in the sense that, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people are hesitant to get into the game because they're like, oh, there's so much to go through. I'm not going to spend 200, 300 hours to catch up. And I would challenge people to like if you are interested and that's one of the roadblocks to um kind of put that concern aside because there's no there's no real rush to get through the game yes it's it's a ton of content uh but it's like it's the good shit and there's no real pressure to make it through the end it's kind of it's a little different when other people say like i don't know if i want to get into persona because you know playing through that game is 100 hours and like i want to play other things like yeah okay cool i get it and i understand that concern because there is a there is an end point to that game and there is uh like okay i beat and finished this game you know you never really finished final fantasy 14 um so there is no pressure necessarily to to finish the game it's like go at your own pace and that was the thing for me i'm like there's no way i'm gonna get through three expansions but i did it over the course of several months and it doesn't have to be the only game that you play it can be but it doesn't have to be um, cause it was like for me working at GameSpot, it's like, I need to be on top of the latest releases to do my job, to cover the industry as it keeps moving. But again, like, Oh yeah, I got some time today. I'm gonna do some quests in 14. Uh, and I was like, Oh, this weekend, you know, I'm going to go, I feel like spending 10 hours of my Saturday playing through, uh, playing through the game. And then over time I caught up and it was extremely rewarding. It is, like I said, it is now my favorite game of all time. and I care very deeply about it. Uh, So if you are a little concerned about the commitment, uh, you know, just know that 
there's there there is no rush and uh, if you get to a certain point like if you play through realm reborn uh and you try out heaven's word i think by the time you um like midpoint or through heaven's word i think you'll uh have a good feeling of whether or not this game is for you and that's still a kind of a big commitment um but you know give it time you know be patient with the game uh if you are uh trying it out and also, like I said, the realize that there is no there's no pressure, no rush to catch up on all the expansions. They'll always be there and there are new players jumping into it every day. So uh, it's not like it's you're definitely you're definitely not the only one who is progressing through the game at any given moment. And and all the all the players who are at level 90, you know, we're chilling. We're doing our thing. We're doing our roulettes. We're doing our dailies, uh, which also help you help new players because yeah that's how the system works so there's always going to be a support system in the game and there's no rush good one one for sure absolutely yeah uh for me uh eric sam and mike had wonderful wonderful tips and advice my advice to you for all you new players uh play triple triad it is by far the best mini game ever created and uh it is worth your time seeking out all the cards and becoming a triple triad master it's it's wonderful get that card mount get the card mount yes yeah i would but i'm bad at like math and so anything with numbers i just i've tried and i'm so bad at it i lose every (laughs) every but that's the good thing it's not like Stupid like uh Quattro Master or whatever from Final Fantasy Nine, which is garbage. Tetra Master, oh, which is like a God. weird ass random element where you could still lose regardless because RNG determines it. Nah. Triple triads like, do you have the higher number or the lower number? Cool. Depending is it like that's that's all that determines. And if you have an A, that's like super high number. It's wonderful. And the cards yeah. are cool. And I just love. I I do collect the cards. That's that's what I do. Like, okay, pretend they're Pokemon cards and don't actually play the game. Just collect the cards. That's exactly what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what Pokemon card players do, right? They just collect the cards. Yeah, there's not like a game you play with them, right? No, not since the Game Boy Color game. I knew it. So that's our tips and advice. But I want to give all of your all opinions, um, experts of the game. With Yoshi P has said that they're kind of running low on established jobs in classes from the pantheon of Final Fantasy classes. So I'm curious, what kind of job would you like to get see added in the neck in, in 7.0? So, Mike, we will start with you. What kind of job name or whatever would you like to get see get added? Oh boy, I don't have too much of an imagination, so I'm uh but some cool ideas. I think around the time before like before Endwalker and after 5.3, people were talking about having a pet-based tank class and some folks were coming up with the idea of like a beast master where like the tank will be like you summon a a, a beast-like creature to be the tank. Um I think that's super interesting. Uh that would be a cool job to see because um i think you know you have a a scholar to be like the pet based um healer um you know tanks you know you got the big you got your big swords you got your shields you got uh um, 
and things like that. Gunbreaker, I think, is like super creative in the sense that, yes, it's like almost like a DPS class, but it it is a tank. Um, so I want to see them experiment with uh, some outside of the box ideas. So I think uh, I might go with that. Uh, and there is yes. like, a, like a Beastmaster class in Final Fantasy That's X true. too. Yeah. And so yeah. like pull from that, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Uh, Sam, what about you? So, kind of similar. Because um, Beastmaster is cool. Obviously, I'm a summoner main, and that's 100% because I was like, I get to have a little mini Ifrit. Oh. He's my favorite. He is my baby. So, of course, <laughs> I want to summon creature. It's my favorite thing. Um, but I also really love dragons. And, you know, what if we had a class that was like an intoner from Drakengard where you can summon in a dragon. That'd be really cool. That would I be don't sweet. know the logistics of that, how hard it would be <laughs> to do, but um, Yoshi P, please. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Like a, not so much a like dragon a, tamer. a dragon tamer. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I would be Ooh, so excited. Cool. Dragons are always a good choice. Uh, always. Eric, what about you? Hmm. I actually would love to see the Final Fantasy 14 team possibly take some of the jobs from Final Fantasy 11 and give them a little bit of remixes. Like, um, I, I'm like a Dark Knight main, but aesthetically, I love what they did in 11 with the rune fencer, where it's like a, you know, it's a tank job. It uses giant two handed rune swords. It uses like runic magic and stuff. Like, I love that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to see something like that in the game. Maybe the Corsair job that's like a pirate themed job like with a pistol and like maybe throwing bombs and stuff would be oh, kind of cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, maybe Puppet Master as a like uh, limited time job, like the Blue Mage would be kind of cool. Like Kankaro Puppet Master, like from Naruto? I don't know. Um, trying to think of other jobs that are in that game that could be kind of cool. But oh, a Geomancer as a new ranged GPS job would be kind of cool. Um, Ooh. Shooting, like Ooh, you know, elemental cool. elemental powers like rocks and stuff could be kind of cool. Um, actually, that'd be kind of a cool tank job too. Almost like a caster tank, like mm-hmm. yeah, basically like something like you know, yeah, like, kind of based off like Titan in a way where you're basically building like rocks around you and stuff and blowing them up mm-hmm. to do like damage and stuff. That could be kind of cool. But um, sweet. I don't know what the job would be, but I think like a two-handed sword, actually not dual-wield sword melee DPS job would be kind of cool. Not really sure what that could be. Almost like a fencer, but that's kind of red mage already. Yeah. Um, they can pull what they do with Fantasy Star Online too. Make a job that you use <laughs> jet boots. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the RC has a distinct lack of jet boots. This, this yeah. is true. Make some Garlean tech boots or something. Nah. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, I just want to play a rune fencer. Yeah, be cool. For me, I would love to see a take on like a masked hero or like a super sentai class where you have like your just normal walk around appearance, maybe some like punches or some very generic um, abilities. But like your main ability is to transform into this alternate form that you could like customize a bit in terms of like visuals. And then it would be enhanced attacks you could maybe do different buffs or debuffs by doing like dramatic poses and whatnot oh wow wow (laughs) or like and like as you level up 
as you do a pose, like an explosion will happen behind you. So you'll have to like position yourself. So you're doing like these buffing poses for your party, causing wow. these God, color, color synced <laughs> explosions behind you, which will also deal damage to the enemies. Um, maybe you'll get a bonus or something to your class. If you transform into your enhanced form, like outside of a radius of other people, like that you're doing it in secret. Like no one knows your identity. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But just something like that, more of an outlandish, yeah. fun, uh, I super sentai class. Like, I can see that playing a lot like Dancer, actually. Yeah. Dancer tanks. But more or explosions like, and colored spandex-like appearance. <laughs> yeah. Like the like Reaper has that transformation when they go into... Uh, when they uh, get enshrouded, oh, uh, yeah. when you go into yeah, shrouded mode, it's cool. like, what if, what if you have something like that, but you're in shroud instead of turning into like a Grim Reaper, you are now... Uh, the fucking anime mech. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the more of these masked heroes that are like in a party, the more the stronger you all become because you're like a team. It <laughs> um, could be really mech, fun, but you're all one combined mech, and it's even yeah. bigger and stronger. Megazord. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that could be really that's, fun. That's, that's the limit job. break. You come, Good. you summon in a giant like mechanical elemental or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just real quick, brief side tangent, because you brought up Reaper. I am a very big simp for Zero, and I can't wait to see what she does. Oh, Zero's so cool. I fucking love Zero. I also have to say, too, like, at first I was like, oh, like, Reaper is a new DPS job. Like, that's cool. Like, it's a little edgy. It's like, you know, people want it, I guess. It's whatever. But, like, once I got my hands on it, I was like, okay, this is, like, probably my favorite melee DPS job. Now, it is the rotation, the way it plays is so fun. It is mm-hmm. so good. I love it so much. So cool. So cool. But everybody, sorry for keeping you long. This is, but uh, uh, thank you. No, no worries. Thank you all so, so much for joining me and being a part of this special episode. Really appreciate it. It's always so good to talk to each and every one of you. Where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away. Sam, we'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, you can find me most of the time on Twitter um, at littlearcanine underscore. Um, just honestly, I'm just working, not doing uh, much outside of working. Maybe at some point, uh, I'm going to put out some shirt designs, uh, video game based. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. But that's about it. Just mainly on Twitter. Too much probably <laughs> excellent excellent eric what about you what do you got to share with us uh so i am primarily on twitter this much these days as well you can find me at at eric sap at uh e-r-i-c-s-a-p-p that's my full name um i, pr- I pretty much use twitter primarily i'm also on instagram where i kind of post the same selfie every other month that's like the same pose <laughs> and everything so people can look at my face here and there and I'm also on SoundCloud. I've got a shout out on my SoundCloud, even though I haven't used it in a while, but I sometimes make music. It's a lot of like electronic stuff. So if you like cool music, I guess uh, you can listen to my stuff sometime. You make damn good stuff, dude, my friend. Thank you. Damn good stuff. Uh, well, you can find me and all of my bullshit <laughs> at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm a fan bite for now, but uh, I have some things cooking. Uh, I don't think yeah, it's any secret. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who has followed the saga of Fanbyte, mm-hmm. um, 
the uh but yeah i'm excited for my future and the future things that i'll be doing because uh yeah still gonna be doing games covering games and all that good stuff uh so keep your eyes peeled for that oh yeah before we go i wanted to read a quote from final fantasy 14 that has resonated with me so much especially last year and it's actually something that um mike actually uh briefly mentioned earlier if you know what i'm talking about here very special quote from the end of 5.3 yours is a long road my friend and it stretches onto places beyond imagining with through every step these grand adventures shall grow more distant in fate and there may come a day when you forget the faces and voices of those you have met along the way on that day i bid you remember this that no matter how far your journey may take you you stand where you stand by the virtue of the road you walked to get there For in times of hardship, when you fear you cannot go on, the joy you have known, the pain you have felt, the prayers you have whispered and answered, they shall ever be your strength and your comfort. This, I hope, I believe, here at Memory's End. Big thank you to every one of you who has listened to this episode or any of the 99 previous I so appreciate and I hope that this podcast has, at least in some small part, brightened your day or made you think back to the games that matter a lot to you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to every one of you who has listened today, yesterday, and the years to come. If you would, be sure to rate and review RPG University on your preferred podcast service as I would very much appreciate it. And as always, everybody... If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion. And you can always share your favorite RPGs and moments directly with me on Twitter at Professor RPG. As always, everybody, and for 100 episodes yet to come, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.